Hello, friends, and welcome to the Learning Future Podcast. I'm your host, Luca Parry. Thank you for joining us again, and welcome to 2023. I hope you've had a really delightful transition into this new year and that you were able to let go of some of the challenges that really have existed for all of us over the last couple of years and renew your passion for the work that you do in the world. We are continuing with our Education Transformed series, and it's my absolute delight to have Gavin Dykes uh, joining us for today's conversation. He is many things, including the Program Director of the Education World Forum since 2004, in fact, which is held in London and convenes a range of different ministers from education ministers from all over the world. He's also a director of the Asian Summit on Education and Skills in Bangalore, Mumbai, and Delhi. And he contributes to the advisory boards for ISTI, University of the People, and Karanga. He's also on the board of Lifter and is a judge for the Empathy Week Awards. Uh, Gavin has got a huge amount of experience in working with governments, corporations, foundations, schools, and universities, again, all over the world. He is quite prolific in his writing, uh, including how might education technologies be sustained, um, led that one of the case studies from around the world, and that was published through the World Bank, and Aspire High, Imagining Tomorrow's School Today by Corn Press 2017. Gavin, I could keep reading your bio, mate, but uh, it's a delight to have you here and I can talk to you directly. Thank you for joining us on the Learning Future podcast. Well, it's a delight to, to be part of it. And thank you, Luca, for inviting me to, to join in with it. Well, you know, like uh, the conversation really that I'd love us to explore today, Gavin, is one around transformation itself. I think, you know, and just before we started recording, we've been discussing some of the disruptions that are coming our way around artificial intelligence and chat GPT, you know, you've had, you've got a long history of working in educational technology and understanding its implications and also what we might do at policy level as policymakers. So my first question to you really is how do you understand transformation as opposed to reform or improvement? What, what kind of comes up into your consciousness, into your, your awareness when you think about that, that word transformation? I, you know, I'm I'm kind of uncomfortable about transformation, uh, and, and part of this comes from a, a, a looking looking at um, innovation over years, innovation in education, and thinking about uh, you know how you get innovations to stick uh, mm. and how, how you can make an innovation work, which works beautifully in one location, move to another. Mm. Um, I. Uh, thinking about things that um, are, are underpin the way that education works. And sorry, this is kind of going off on a tangent, but perhaps but I, 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 when I worked or was seconded to government briefly, um, actually it was for a few years, but in that time, one of the things that which hit me very much was what uh, number one, um, I'd moved from um, spending all my time trying to raise the money to doing stuff, yeah. to spending all my time trying to spend the money, <laughs> which had, you had to do within a set of rules, which was very interesting. Indeed, but, yeah. But within that, within that bucket of things, um, there you have. Uh, capital and you have uh, revenue. Mm. And capital is relatively easy to come by, and revenue is not. Mm. So you, your revenue spending, you've got to be particularly careful. Or forgive me if this has all changed, but I suspect it hasn't. Mm. But the when I'm trying to transform education, what 
what's really important if you, if I was trying to transform education? And the really important thing in transforming transferring those innovations at, uh, in uh, at changing practice or doing something differently, yeah, is the people. Yes, and people is a red. So yeah. actually, I think not a lot of our focus when we talk about transformation lands on, you know, it could be tool, chat GPT, yeah. or it could be, uh, it, 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 it could be using computers uh, as it was at one stage. Yes. Uh, or La laptops, laptops in classrooms. I'll yeah. argue it's mobile phones. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you, you know, actually the fundamental to me is about bringing people together, having people share. I think about working with collective intelligence mm. of the community that you serve, of the whole community that you serve. And I love examples where I learn good things about what happened. There was a uh, an innovation conference in Brazil I heard of, mm. but didn't, sadly. And, and that in that, uh, this was a couple of years ago I, that I heard of it. And mm. what they did was they took the teacher from school, but then they took the best pupil from the school. And the third person in the party was the most difficult pupil from the school. Oh, that's great. Challenging. And I just thought it was wonderful because the best pupil in school, and, and, and this is perhaps overplaying it a bit, but sure. the best pupil of the school is somebody who would work within the system and who would um come up with ideas the difficult people was somebody who would do things mm. and if you can bring together those pieces uh, <laughs> i'm not sure if that conference descended into chaos or whether it was hugely <laughs> successful so i can't give you but i think that kind of thinking which brings yes. people together which allows the dissonance which creates innovation and which encourages um, thought, but is also kind of, if you like, touching on collective intelligence too. So we're not just single track focused. Yeah. And all of that, and I apologize if I could riff off that just a, a little bit more. Of course, what, yeah. What I've always felt with it also is it, it, number one, it's all about people. Number two, when we're trying to uh, do things, we, we tend to think of you know, this is the answer and this is what it's going to be. Whereas what I always wanted to set up the Institute of Balance, but um, mm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a kind of thing, a, a stupid thing. It's just an idea. But it, it, balance is what we need because by by getting the most difficult people and the best people or getting uh, the group of people that we have standing in front of us or sitting in front of us who we're trying to work with to help them learn, or whatever, the strategy that you use should be the one that fits and is worked out with the people that you're seeking to work with. Mm. This is true when talking about policy and ministers. It's true if you're talking about teachers or leaders or if you're talking about learners. Oh, wow. Gavin, that's wonderful. I mean, a few things come up for me in that. Um, the first is that for us to evolve, we need to be involved and uh, one of the processes that we use a lot here at The Learning Future and, and through other work, Karanga and other platforms and, and communities of which we're a part, is kind of co-design. It's, it's looking at diversity 
as strength and then understanding that it's only with the multiple perspectives in mind that we can actually synthesize something that it that is of a higher quality than what we currently have the other the other part that comes up for me and i mean <laughs> you've worked a lot with very senior people in government gavin and so either as an advisor or as a convener of the education world forum and so, you know, when ministers, you know, 130, 140 ministers, however many you get, you know, convened, what's the kind of narrative that you find is most powerful uh, for them? Because as you've stated, I think quite, quite clearly, you know, you've got capital and you've got revenue. So you might put a new building in or might do a capital expense. Here's a bunch of new technology. But actually the less sexy thing, the least sexy thing is, is actually doing the long-term transformation work with people bringing educators in, in a world that's so sh rapidly shifting. So what I, I guess are you noticing in, in that kind of ministry level, minister space, um, policymaker space, knowing that at the UNGA uh, last year, you know, the summit was the Transforming Education Summit. And um, yeah, what's your reflections on, on that when we talk about transformation? Do you find that this is getting... Uh, getting cut through is being picked up. What's your thinking at this point? I, I think if if you're there's several questions in there, so several ones that we could uh, uh, pick up. On. I I think the um, we are all subject to an awful lot of uh, opinion and different things coming through, and that's uh, you know, that makes makes things difficult. Uh, yeah. Each of our circumstances, our personal or national, if it's our national education system, there are particular issues in particular countries, all kinds of different things go on. Um, I, I kind of recall, it makes, it makes me think, just as an example, the, the kind of conversations that I've, I've had over the over the many years. And one that sticks in my mind is, um, I, I, you know, you try and think of, you know, how can I connect to, to somebody? And I said, you know, how how many schools are you responsible for? And this minister, and I won't mention which country because it doesn't matter, but mm. it, 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 uh, the answer, the minister thought for a moment and said, uh, well, we've, we've got 18,000 schools. Uh, no, uh, excuse me. Uh, we've got eighteen thousand groups of people, and we've got about twelve thousand buildings. Uh, and I thought, but that's just stayed with me as a uh, a really good answer. Um, that uh, you know, because it, it just within that answer, you can um, paint your picture of the challenges that that country might be facing. Yeah, and the sorts of level of challenges. So I it, I think the big thing is to seek uh, to create a narrative mm. uh, that people can respond to, but to avoid boxing people in, so that what you get is the standard answers. Otherwise, mm. you're serving one part of the world or one part of the prejudices which you uh, naturally have, mm. and so creating the it, it's like buying the. The, the the frame and the paper on which to draw rather than uh, taking a drawing and just adding to that drawing. Yeah. So to, to keep it open. And it, in that way also, by keeping it open, I think one, one you will hear about more about what is what different people's experience is. And two, you uh, 
you you open the door for people to learn more from each other and to cause them to reflect. Mm. And I think also, if you go down the single path type of thing where you're actually, you have in mind something you're pushing towards, as you set your agenda, mm. you, uh, you, you miss uh, a lot, but you also generate resistance of a kind. Mm. So resistance. So I, I think uh, whenever you're dealing with these conferences, remember mm. the best and most important conversations will happen between people mm. and between people, not the, not those on the stage. Yeah. So what you want, what you want from the conversations from the stage is things that stimulate thought rather mm. than close down thought and narrow it. Mm. Gavin, I'm really, I'd love you to, from your vantage point, with your, I suppose, definition of transformation as being people-centered in some way. And the the piece for me is transformation towards what? <laughs> I mean, my my personal manifesto, our professional manifesto of the learning future really is around this, you know, a human-centered education system. What does that mean? Multidimensional, hence social, emotional, and cognitive. And we can even add physical and spiritual into that space. Uh, and one that really is, you know, as much around the development of capabilities that enable you to continue to learn throughout the course of your life. So I don't think any of that's all that groundbreaking, frankly, but I wonder when you look at the countries with whom you work and that you support, if you were to kind of group the countries into in different levels of ambition, um, more than where they currently are, like what's the kind of breakdown when you look at the world, like across uh, as a, as a globe, which countries do you think are really on a transformation trajectory? And which ones do you think, I'm not, not specifically, but what kind of number, what percentages do you think are moving towards this moment in time, post-COVID, where resources are squeezed, we're in an inflationary environment economically as well? Yeah, do you have a sense of, of, of countries really, are they going for it at this point? Are we snapping back to old ways? What's your sense from, from your vantage point? I think, it, I mean, there's a real risk of snapping back to where we've been before. Uh, but it's the natural one because actually the measures we've got too often, and I'm not talking about school assessment, but on the other hand, school assessment is one of those things that take you back. Have the rules yes. changed? Yes. And if they haven't, then what are we going to do? Uh, we've talked for years about actually how learning is driven by the exams. So, mm. um, what are your um, rules for running a school? What are your rules for, um, you know, whatever part of education you're for? Or, or what are your rules for yourself? Uh, you know, I, I I need to get those grades. Uh, yeah. You know, if you're if you're in the mindsets, it's very difficult for people generally to to move on. Uh, and it it it, 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 it seems as though I'm running away from. An answer in a way. But I think it's um I think it is difficult. And I, I but I think what we need to look at, what we need to try to look at are these really open conversations so mm. that we start to think about things differently. Mm. Or uh, you know, another way of another way of doing this stuff. I mean it, it's if Countries are very different. So yes. I, I always like Michael Fullan's stuff, uh, which was 
I think it was Michael, but uh, um, well, he amongst others have talked mm-hmm. about actually when when schools are working or not working, you put you don't put the best school with the worst school together. You put the schools which are roughly equal performance so they can help each other improve together. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you've got a, a master student relationship rather than a, together. A and peer, so that's yeah. where the social dynamics um that those kind of social things in yeah. your work uh, another thing is do you put um do you put china and malta together well one's four hundred thousand people the other is i can't remember how many million, four, I think. They, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, um but it, it's it, so you know you look for where there are similarities right. i think or what, what i do like Mm-hmm. You, I look whether are likely to be similar problems because of the structure mm. uh, of the position and then try and get those working together uh, mm. and share so, yeah and that, that that can be about making a conversation in a dinner queue yeah <laughs> it, it doesn't it, it's not necessarily happening on a stage yeah I, I wonder Gavin would you point I mean, would you point to particular case studies of ongoing sustained transformation? I mean, often, you know, you think about Finland or Estonia most recently due to their PISA results or Singapore. Yeah. I mean, these places are often sometimes Canada and Korea, you know. Um, but would you, who would you say is provinces really... Provinces, yeah. Nice, good point, good point. Um, you know, what, who would you point to and say, actually, this country under this leadership is really having a, a crack, you know, because as you stated, the context is queen always. And, you know, there's also resource challenges in particular for much of the world, particularly the majority world. So yeah. What would you yeah. say? Oh, this, you know, we should take a look at this because so often it's come to us, you know, go to Finland or go to Singapore rather than have a look at what's happening in this lower resource environment and the innovation that's taking place here. I think that's something that yeah. we should absolutely elevate. And it's the work that we do at Karanga, as you're well aware as well. So, yeah, what would That's you point right. to? I, I think part of it is, um, part of it can be looking at, uh, don't necessarily go to the country, don't necessarily go to the government, uh, and that this is not to do down the government because they may be enabling this. Sure. But, um, but sometimes look at what the foundations are doing. Mm. Yeah. Uh, foundations are, uh, I, I think, uh, can be a hidden gem of, uh, you know, recognizing a particular problem, working on the ground usually, so working with real people, mm. uh, uh, doing that kind of thing. And so I, I, I and I, I, I hesitate to pick out any in particular because then it's kind of overloading it, and actually you you risk. In time, sometimes you risk kind of moving it from a position of um, doing the fantastic work they're doing to kind of looking to the limelight. Really <laughs> talk, talking saying. about the yeah, talking about the way. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it's, so it's, it, it, it's actually there's there's often quiet work and organic work that has yeah. been done. Uh, by foundations, which is is wonderful. If yeah. I'm uh, looking at countries, I mean, uh, 
It's interesting because uh, the uh, when you start doing things on a national scale, it's difficult. But I, I always take and and uh, Passy would be a better person to speak about it than I. Uh, but I think the um, the fundamental for Finland was when it as a country recognised that it uh, wanted greater social equity. Yeah, and there, uh, the uh, so it was driven by kind of, in a sense, a higher philosoph- philosophical outlook, and it could be, in a sense, judged against that. Mm. So it wasn't trying to get better scores in Pisa. Mm. It, it wasn't trying to uh, improve. It, it was actually doing something which was about a particular uh, particular issues that that country had. And seeking to address them in a way that was supported by the population. So I, 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 I don't know. Mm. All, all Finnish people, please forgive me if I'm way off target with that. But that, that's that's what I've taken away from what I've yeah. seen and witnessed. And I think it's uh, and it, it, it's for example a fantastic example. Meantime, going to another school in, in India. Another situation. This India's national education plan is well worth a look. It's mm. um, that they, uh, because of the size of the education and the size of the uh, challenge, that's going to take a lot of effort and actually uh, to, to work. But the, the the aims and the targets are like, uh, exciting, and there's a lot that many of us can. Well, I I've learned from, mm. uh, and many. Uh, it's it's going to take time because you're having to put the social constructs in place for for it to happen to take people with you. Mm. Uh, but there are some remarkable things that are going on there, and I mm. think that holds a great aim for a great hope in terms of sustained uh, sustained transformation. As they say, but yeah, <laughs> it is an you know, the best, best transformations happen when you don't call them transformations. Yeah, that's great. That's actually a really great point. And I, I feel like just to your earlier point on Finland, there does seem to be something about I don't feel like Campbell's law, you know, this idea that when we start paying attention to the metric, it starts to corrupt the entire system. And so this is what happens when we teach the test as opposed to creating, you know, a socially equitable education system, frankly, a country and quality teaching and learning with quality people, you know, an elevating status of the profession. All of a sudden, the results will take care of themselves because we focused on actually the core activity as opposed to some time, you know, trying to work our way up the league table so to speak. And, you know, and, part, and that's yeah. right. And, and it's all grade related. One of the things I work with a little organization on, um, but it had a big impact in some places. Um, on um, If you, if it's encapsulated in this little story, but the, if you ask, if you're starting with a new class yes. today, uh, one of the things you could do is have a conversation with the class about what would you like our reputation to be? Mm. Uh, your reputation within the school. So mm. you, you can talk about a sense of values. 
you can talk to now that that's fine but that's just a nice little conversation but then say right what what would be an example of um uh, me showing whatever you've landed on as the thing that you want do you, you know, a kind of thing that it could be is we're, we're supportive mm. uh, well what, what's an example of you being supportive to to one of the other pupils in the class what's uh uh so you get a, a small list of the kinds of examples of behavior that demonstrate that you're moving towards it mm. then you say well you can do it on a bit of paper or this well we we had an app which mm. did this nice. you can then feed that into the behaviors and then you can self-award if you believe you've acted in that way you can get one of your peers to award you a credit or you can get your teacher or mentor to award you a credit so you've got different credits for mm. heading in the right direction and you can do a review after a term or yeah. a week or whatever uh you know you can make this very complicated or you can make it very simple yes but and but the fundamental is you've had a conversation where you agree what it is you're aiming for yeah so those you know <laughs> I, I come back to what i've been talking about the, the people part yeah the, uh, transformation the, these sorts of tools and there, there are a lot of those tools so i've, I've been pressing to find out what, what other tools have we got for socializing mm. behavior mm. uh you know, just uh, so that we we all become part of it, mm. uh, and I think there is in the background happening some growth of those sorts of tools. But the, mm. uh, when I was working on technology in uh, with the government in in England, uh, we uh, the, the the agency back to, at that time had and it's moved on to something else now. But the uh, they had uh, what they called a self-assessment tool yeah. that looked through areas of the operation of the school, so management, pupils, uh, teachers, part in it, the um, the, the kits, the, mm. the technologies had, yeah, and it, it, it what it encouraged was a discussion uh, within the school about. Uh, you know, wh where are we with this? Because everything mm. was measured on a, uh, you know, scaled statements. We 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 have no computers at all, and we'll never tolerate them. Through to we've got lots and doing well. You know, so you put yourself on each of these things and you measure. And so you get an assessment, a self assessment of where you are with technology. Big thing in this, which mm -hmm. I think um, was probably forgotten at times, yes. was that. This should stimulate a conversation, not in the headmaster. Sorry, that's a very old-fashioned. No, no, I have to school in there, yeah. A head study, yeah. A, a, a headmistress's study, but a conversation with among the teachers, yeah, among the pupils, yeah, among the paper, uh, parents of the pupils, among the community around the school. So what you're getting is a, is an assessment of everyone. When you have that assessment, you can begin to prioritize where your effort should go in terms of making a change to the way the school is achieving in that area. Yeah. I'm really struck, Gavin, by just your language here. You know, there's a clear theme in our conversation as it's 
as it's taken place, where it's it's about it's kind of nothing about us without us, clearly. It's like the yeah. importance of co-design, right? And and co-authorship, I'm kind of hearing as well. And of course, a focus not on the tool, but as the tool as a way to to take to kind of increase the focus on the human being, right? On the people part. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, I think, and you know, our colleague Andreas Schleicher, I've heard him say this many times, but you know, we, we really want to support first class human beings to be developed, not second class robots. And so if we're, if we're just trying to kind of, I don't know, interact with technologies in a way that really isn't serving us, or isn't creating new value, right? If we look at the learning compass from the OECD, of course, which you know very well, um, you know, this idea and reconciling conflicts and dilemmas, you know, these, these are the kind of human skills that now we can take these tools and utilize. And I think all of us are a little, and, and perhaps governments, and I might be a bit stronger as someone not working so closely with governments, but so often, you know, it becomes about, well, it's, what's the announceable? How do we ensure? Cause we're in a political cycle. We want there to be something happen. And so, yes, there's a capital expense. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's what are the human beings doing? How are they behaving? What what learning is taking place? What capabilities are being developed and elevated? And I think that's what I'm taking from our from our chat, really, when we think about the, you know, word transformation. But, you know, in case, you know, evolution, anything moving us forward. Is that a fair absolutely. summation? Absolutely. Sorry? A fair, yes, absolutely a fair summation. And I think it's also, uh, we're terribly good at measuring things, but we're also very good at measuring all the wrong things. <laughs> yeah. Which I, you know, I had a conversation, Institute of Balance stuff here. This is yes. just to be thought about in terms yeah. of balance. So I'm not trying to say, it, it, you, you need to balance things to what is right for the audience that you're working with and the people that you're 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 seeking to support. Yes. But the um, talking about disasters and and, and you know how COVID's been a disaster. Yeah. Uh, in, in so many ways. But I remember a conversation with somebody who had lived in Lebanon during the the wars in Lebanon. Wow. And the dreadful thing. And talking about, and was a teenager, she uh, uh, and is now playing a, a senior role in a, a major innovative organization in education. Mm. And she, she was, or what I took away from one of our conversations was uh, how she, the skills she had had to develop, the things she had had to learn, the, mm. the capability she had had to um, go through or, or build up yeah. and were phenomenal. Yeah. Where do, they, where do they appear on any school report? Yes. Uh, now, the same will be true for, uh, it doesn't matter whether it's Ebola or it, it, it's COVID or it's a great flu from before. There mm. are people who will adapt Mm. and take on more senior roles. Uh, and I, I don't know, I mean, my feeling is when younger people are given that opportunity, how so often they become shining stars. Yeah. Uh, the, the, if, if the restrictions on them are not taken away, and I have a picture in my mind, I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> schools where you sit at hard desks, yes. or used to anyway, 
Yeah, uh, they were they were systems of control. Whereas actually lifting the lid on the capabilities of mm. people, finding mm. what their real enthusiasms are, and fanning the flames of those enthusiasms and supporting them in taking them forward, is a different way of educating. But one yeah. that I think don't see enough of. Wonderful, Gavin. Um... It reminds me of a conversation we've had on this podcast actually with Michael Fullen and, you know, talked about school systems, you know, command and control downwards historically. But of course, what we want them to do is to liberate downwards and to inform yeah. upwards. And so that idea of enablement, which you've picked up a couple of times as well, I think is so critical because of course, very complex systems in place, um, especially when we have these global shocks as well. But, you know, there are many strengths and there's not just the learning loss conversation. There's also what's the capability gain um, potentially as part of all this. So I've got a final question for you, which is, you know, it's been quite a good conversation. We could double click on many of those aspects. But if you were to leave the listeners here um, that are starting in 2023, thinking about their roles in schools, in education, in the private sector, in nonprofit sector, whatever it is that people are contributing what is it that you would leave them with? Just something to ruminate on um, or some wisdom that you've picked up over your numerous decades doing this work around transformation, innovation in education. Oh, I wish I was wise. Um, but, <laughs> What's a wise thing to say? I, probably go, but. <laughs> I think, um, think about the people that you're working with and think about how you get the best from them. Uh, and, and getting the best from one them is not a one-way street. That's about them doing the best they can as a result. So it's actually not not falling into the trap of fixed ways of doing things. Mm. Uh, think creatively, and uh, you know, often I've asked people about uh, you know what what what's what's the most memorable lesson you ever had. Great question. It's not very often, it's not been it's not very often been just a standard day at school. No. And um, it's it's the day the sun shone so brightly that we all felt it would be good to go out yes. and pick daisies and talk about what's going on in the world. Yes. Or 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 the, the snow day when we had to work together at home. Or or you know, something happens yes. externally and you create the circumstances. So think also about can you create those circumstances, get the whole school working together? On yes. Something? Yes. I think everybody's answer to that would be social in nature. Wouldn't it be Gavin? Be doing things with others yeah. as, as you've, you've said, Gavin, mate, fantastic to speak with you. Thank you so much for your time. And I uh, hope that Northern hemisphere winter passes quickly. Um, but yeah, <laughs> really appreciate your insights. All the best with the, the forum this year and look forward to crossing Thank paths you. in 2023. Absolutely, Luca. Thank you. You take care. Thank and you. All the best.